So let's talk some NFL Week 1, and we do it with our guy David Behrman, Deputy Editor of Sports Betting over at ESPN.com. David, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, first things first, before we talk some NFL, your thoughts on Tony Finau picking up the W today. I tell you what, I've been on hold for about three and a half minutes, and I heard three things I never thought I'd hear before. Someone said, my Rockies. Someone said, Finau won. And someone said, Jameis Winston, come back, play the game. Yeah. Three things I never, never thought I'd hear. As for your question, I mean, the, the, the Tony Finau thing, you've got to tip your cap to him, your visor, whatever you want to tip. Um, I, I've been on the fade Finau train for a long time and profited handsomely to it. So at some point he was going to win. I didn't think it would be now. This hasn't been his best season. He hasn't thrown up the numbers he's seen in the last couple of years. But, heck, the guy had 41 top 10 finishes since his last win. At some point he's going to win. Um, I did not have him. Um, so – uh, hats off to anybody who did have him. Um, I actually thought Cam Smith was going to sneak that one in through the back door, but hey, Tony chased uh, John Rom down and, and got it done today. Yeah, when they went into the playoff and it was a pick of minus 110 both ways, I almost jumped on Cam Smith just because I was like, here comes another Finau choke. But I mean, I at that point just didn't even care, man. I played Spieth this weekend in a couple matchups that ended up working out for me, so I just ended up staying away. Uh, let's get your thoughts on some week one matchups. Anything out there that you have pointed out and that you really like? Like, I jumped on the Packers when they were two-and-a-half-point dogs. Now they're three-point favorites. Uh, now they're saying Zadarius Smith isn't going to play week one, which scares me a little bit, especially with that pass rush. But still, I do like the Packers week one. Anything that you like? Yeah, there was one thing that jumped out, and this is not going to be the marquee game of the week by any stretch of the imaginations, but if you're in the business of laying three and a hook on the road with the Minnesota Vikings, I think you need to have your head examined. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, it's, it's tough for me to say it, but I like the Bengals as a home dog week one. You know, you got Burrow back, and, yep. you know, they're not a good team, but I don't know what you've seen from the Minnesota Vikings last year or any time this preseason. They've looked horrible, and I'm not laying three and a half with them on the road, so I'll be taking the Bengals as a home dog, and I hope that number – keeps climbing. Uh, the Dolphins-Patriots um, game is, is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, these two teams obviously know each other very well, and Brian Flores trying to mirror the the, uh, the blueprint that the Patriots' way has had up there. And the Dolphins are an improved team, and you've seen how good Tua looked in the last couple of games of the preseason. Uh, different, different look than what you saw last year, and I think this line is the way it is because of what you've seen out of the Patriots so far, which might be a little bit of an overreaction. Both quarterbacks have looked outstanding in the preseason, um, but I do think, you know, I like the Dolphins in this spot. I'm going to wait for that two and a half to get up to three before I jump on them. But I actually like the under here, the 45, because you have two really good defenses. The Dolphin defense was a top five defense last year. The Patriots are getting everybody back that sat out for COVID last year. These two teams met last year in the opening game of the season. I believe it was like 18 to 12 or 18 to 13 low scoring game with Cam Newton against a tough Dolphins defense. I expect a similar type matchup. Offense might be a little bit better, uh, but the Dolphins have a lot of room to grow on offense, and the Patriots have a good defense, so I like the under 45 there. I have a question, David, about some other teams that people are having a hard time handicapping because they don't really know what to expect. I think they expect big things, but let me just talk about it. The Chargers and the Washington football team, week one, right now the Chargers are one-point favorites. Also, um, the total in that game, 44-and-a-half. How do you see that game going in, for your money and also just a, a complete season outlook, um, you know, within reason? Uh, both teams, and how do you kind of handicap it moving forward? Sure, I actually like the Washington football team here. I think they're very underrated. They have Good one answer. of the strongest front – they have one of the strongest front four and front seven defenses 
in the league. And, you know, you have a Chargers team that has a brand-new head coach. Yes, Justin Herbert had a great year last year. The Chargers came out, great offense, obviously wasn't good enough to keep Anthony Lynn, but the Chargers are still the Chargers. New head coach, Herbert has to get used to that offense against a very, very tough Washington defense. This would not be the team that I would want to face opening day, and I think Washington is being underrated for a couple of reasons. One, because they're Washington. And they, you know, they haven't done more than nine wins in the last decade. Yeah. But they did win the NFC East last year, NFC least, however you want to call it. But everybody's all over Dallas. Dak's back, Dak's back, Dallas is back. Give them the get them the NFC East. I'm not so sure. I still think Washington might be the best team in that division because yep. obviously the Eagles and the Giants have a ways to go. So I like Washington. I think it's another under that I think I'm going to like because Washington defense is good and the Chargers. Teams with new coaches don't go out there and score 30 points in their first game. So um, I watched them last night, and the Chargers didn't look great last night either against San Francisco. So I think this is going to be a tight game where I'll yield to the home team, which I think is actually better. At the end of the day, my handicapping would say Washington has a better chance to make the playoffs through the NFC East than the Chargers do out West. David, I'm glad that you brought up the Cowboys because I'm looking at the opening game coming up here, and you got the Dallas Cowboys on the road taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I jumped all over the Cowboys because I'm just looking for certain numbers, obviously. I'm looking for the key numbers, and I got the 7.5, but now I'm kind of concerned because Dallas has come out and said, you know, Dak might not be Dak this year. And first it was, well, Dak needs to be reevaluated, but hey, there's nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. Now they're pretty much telling us he's not going to be the same guy. Um, what are your thoughts on the opener, man, with Tampa Bay? Seven and a half point favorite. Seven and a half seems like a big number, even for Tampa Bay. It is a big number, and you never like to lay the, the hook there yeah. going through the big number of seven. So I would lean Dallas. I'm just not a fan of the Cowboys until I see Dak the way he was last year. If you were to tell me that I mean, two years ago, if you were to tell me that Dak is back, I would take the seven and a half in a heartbeat and probably play the over 50 and a half and never even think twice about it. This is a very good Buccaneers team. I don't have to tell you guys that. They won the Super Bowl, and they brought everybody back. I think that's what is indicative of the line right now as you're talking about the Super Bowl champs with Brady and everybody versus a Cowboys team that you just don't know what's going to happen there because you saw how bad they were without Dak. You saw how good they were the year before with Dak. So I think it really comes down to how healthy he is. I lean towards the 7.5 because I think Dak's going to be ready for opening day. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait probably right up until Thursday night to find out if he's active and playing and then make my decision there. Or it might be a situation where I look at maybe a first-half line, Bucks raising the banner, getting their rings, come out emotional, maybe jump out to – you know, a 10 or 17 nothing lead and, and play the Bucks in the first half more than the game. We're joined now by David Beerman of ESPN. David, I have a question for you regarding kind of like your preseason takeaways. Has there been a team, I know preseason is something that we don't put too much stock in, but has there been a team that has come out in these two weeks of preseason that's caused you to be like, oh, hey, maybe I will take the over on this team or maybe I'll take the under. Like what, what team is, has done something in preseason that has adjusted how you look at them in the regular season, as crazy as that might sound. You yeah, it's overreaction make... Monday. It's overreaction Monday. <laughs> it, it is overreaction Monday, and I don't want to be the homer, but I have been, and I am a Dolphins fan. I have been impressed by Tua so far. He is everything that the organization thought he could be, and at least now it's the preseason. Don't get me wrong. He had you know, a couple of series for Chicago, and then he played the entire first half night last the other night against a depleted Falcons defense. But if Tua plays as well as he's capable of playing, then that, that – eight and a half, nine over under on the Dolphins is something that will come into play. Uh, but taking my homerism out of the equation, the Arizona Cardinals to me are a team to watch. I think mm -hmm. their number's low. I see them at 
seven and a half and eights out there. And I also see them as six to one in the division. They're not going to win the NFC West, but at six to one, it's the only value that there is in that division. I still don't believe in San Francisco and Jimmy G and all that. I don't think he's back. And I think we're going to see Trey Lance a lot sooner than people think. Russell Wilson is, you know, he gets hit every single year. He's great. He's MVP talk. Does he have enough weapons? Is that defense going to be good enough? And the Rams just lost Cam Akers. And, and I'm not sure how that offense is going to be without Cam Akers. It's not like Matt Stafford is, you know, your, your, your Heisman Trophy winner, 15-time All-Pro here that right. everyone thinks he is. So I think the Cardinals are being left out of the equation when you have another year of, of Murray to Hopkins ready to go, not to mention some of the other pieces they put in there. They got a starting running back, and they also have J.J. Watt on the defensive side. I think people are sleeping on the Cardinals. I'm going to play their win total at over, over eight because last year they won eight games. And you got another game to go this year, and they're scheduled a little bit easier this year. I'm also going to play them a little bit, sprinkle at 6-1 to one in the division just because they have some value there. I don't actually think they're going to win it, but I'm not going to take the Rams at you know plus 150. I'm not going to take San Francisco at plus 200. I'd rather throw a little piece of money on the Cardinals at 6-1. Uh, at nice. David, you brought up the Bears, and you also brought up uh, the Rams there, and I'm looking at week one, and I know, again, big numbers, 7.5-point favorites at home, and it's a little bit juiced over at MGM right now where the Bears are 7.5-point road dogs, minus 120 right now. But uh, they came out. I mean, Matt Nagy says week one starter is going to be Andy Dalton, even though he was booed at Soldier Field. Justin Fields was kind of shaky, looked good with his legs. Uh, not the same performance that we saw from him week one in the preseason, though. Any thoughts on that game and any thoughts on the Bears quarterback situation moving forward? I think Nagy is going to stick with Andy Dalton at the beginning. I think the leash is going to be very, very short. Obviously, everybody's in love with Justin Fields. I thought the... Uh, overreaction Monday after he played the Dolphins a little much because he did it against the second and third strings, not exactly against the first string. He also looked okay this past week. I think Justin Fields will start for the Bears before Trey Lance starts for the Niners, if you're looking at those two guys. In terms of this matchup, I mean, the the Bears' defense is good enough to keep him in the game at 7.5 where the Rams, you know, the Rams are good and they have the best defense. You know, one of the best defenses in the league, and it's going to be another under I'm going to be looking at. I know I've probably already said too many unders here, although I did like the over in the Thursday night game. But Rams' good defense, Bears' good defense, you know, first game of the season. It'd be interesting to see what Andy Dalton could do. But, again, just like that opening game with the Bucs, you have that hook at 7.5. If you made me pick it today – I would go Bears in the under just for this game. And, you know, you, you watch the Bears on Sunday night football and Thursday night football before. They play these awfully low, sloppy, disgusting games versus the Packers and the Lions and the Rams before, where all of a sudden it's 6-3 at halftime. And you're saying, well, why did I take the over? Like, it's 6-3. These teams can't score. Expect another one of those where maybe the final score is 16-13 in favor of the Rams is the way I'm going to be playing that game. But we still have a couple of weeks before that happens, so we'll see what happens before then. Last but not least, what about the Ravens this year? How do you view them uh, in terms of their – I think their win total here at BetMGM is 11. What are you doing with that number, and how do you just view that team that didn't really get better on offense, but they're always competitive? And, of course, they have the Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh, who's always going to have a, a well-coached team. Preseason God John Harbaugh. Yes. <laughs> Preseason God John Harbaugh is correct. I was on that last night again. It's yeah. like, how do you not take that or two nights ago? The Ravens are an interesting team because you know year in, year out, John Harbaugh has them ready. Year in and year out, they win 10-plus games and they compete for the division title. And then, you know, hope, you know, hopefully in their world, you know, the AFC East title, the AFC title. They fell in the playoffs the last couple of years against Lamar Jackson. And I was actually looking at their win total earlier in the week, and I was all set to take the under automatically because I'm like, yeah, 11 too high. Schedule's not that tough. They got a lot of Bruno games. The first two are going to be difficult. You're at Vegas, first game in that stadium with fans. 
And then you got the Super Bowl champion, Kansas, uh, Super Bowl champion from two years ago, and AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs coming in. But after that, it's manageable with Detroit, Denver, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Minnesota. There's some wins there. I would not be surprised if, if, if the Ravens went out there and went 12-5. and five, But that is a very, very tough division where you have an up-and-coming Cleveland snipping at you. You have the Steelers who are never going to go away. And you have a, what should be, isn't hard, the bar's not high, an improved Bengals team. So I'm going to be staying away from this win total only because you don't really know what you're getting with the rest of the division. But there are enough wins on that schedule where they can win 12. But if all of a sudden Cleveland becomes the cream of the crop and the Steelers are back in it, that would be tough to do. David, we only got about 45 seconds, but uh, if you had to make one bet for MVP, Rookie of the Year, place any future on an individual award right now, where would you go? I would probably take Dak Prescott as comeback player of the year, despite of you loving Jameis Winston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if, Dak, if Dak stays healthy, I think that, that's, that's a bet that would be hard to pass up. I mean, you talk about a guy who didn't play much last year at the injury and everybody's looking at him this year. If he leads that team to a 500 or better record, he probably has that all sewed up to himself. Uh, as far as MVP is concerned, it is tough to not think that, that Pat Mahomes is going to win another MVP. I mean, you look what he's done. Uh, but there is some value in someone like Josh Allen at 12 to 1, Kyler Murray at 16 to 1. But I think it is basically would be Pat Mahomes' to lose at this point. Love it, man. Jameis right now, 154 QB rating, only one completion. I'm only joking, though. David, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes, man. We'll have to have you on again soon. Thank you, David. See you guys. That was David Behrman. You can catch his work with ESPN in the chalk section, deputy editor over there. And uh, Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year, man. I love it, but Dak needs to stay healthy. I'm a little worried, but I, I, I think Dak's going to be out there week one. I played that already seven and a half. If I'm getting the hook, and same with the Bears, and I love, love, love that under. I played that immediately. That's way too many points for the Bears and the Rams. Although the Bears' defenses look terrible in the preseason. They're not playing anybody right now. I love the under in that uh, Washington football team versus the Chargers, 44 yeah. and a half. Both have really good defenses and offenses who they're going to have to figure it out one way or another. Ryan Fitzpatrick, new starting quarterback for Washington. On the other side, new head coach.